In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. As some of you may be aware who've heard my story or watched the interview, you may know that I spent my first real job after college working in the IT department at the corporate offices of Chick-fil-A in Atlanta. And although there are many things that I appreciate about that company and my time there, one of them is their mission statement, which is on a large plaque right outside the front door to the office building, and the last part of which says, to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that is entrusted to us. To be faithful stewards. I love that they do that. That's indeed a significant part of what it means to be a disciple, is to be a steward of what God has entrusted to us. The roles of stewards, butlers, and the like have ancient roots, and humanity has borne these roles from the very beginning of creation as image bearers of God, who, as God even says in Genesis 1, gives humanity the responsibility to have dominion and stewardship over the earth. Throughout history, God has repeatedly chosen to have people bear witness to him, carrying his image, being his stewards on the earth wherever they go. In the gospel passage for this week, Jesus gives the disciples their mission statement, to go and teach all nations, baptizing, teaching people to obey God's commandments. Once again, God has chosen to employ human agents as stewards of this message and of his purposes on the earth. If this type of statement sounds familiar, it's because just two weeks ago we heard Luke's account of such a mission from Acts 1, wherein Jesus promised that the Holy Ghost would come, and the disciples were then to give testimony to Jesus starting in Jerusalem and throughout the world. The lectionary is actually rather purposeful in this way, I believe. To two weeks ago, having heard the mission given in Acts, and last week to recall and remember the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and now this week to remind us again of the mission, lest we get caught up in just thinking about the Spirit and forgetting that we have work to do. Now that we have the Spirit, we are to do these things, to go, teach, baptize, and to work toward obedience. Evangelism. It's a curse word in some churches or for some of us. It's a hateful thing. It's something that sends us downright to the our bowels, it scares us deep within ourselves to think about actually trying to talk to someone else about our faith and about Jesus. Worse, perhaps, than just public speaking in general, which terrifies many of us as it were. The reason it's so scary, though, I think, is because we hear this command and we're scared of the mission. We ask questions like, what if we fail? What if I don't really believe it all. How do I deal with people's doubts and questions about the faith, which they will certainly ask me? I myself struggled with those types of questions for years, to the point that I actually intentionally avoided the evangelism class at Dallas Seminary until my very last term when I had no choice. I expected a particular message to be taught and told of what I was required to do and that it was up to me to win souls for Christ. 
But as we consider the readings from the day and think back onto Pentecost, I think we can clear up those muddy waters and even the questions I took into that class with me. So let's take a bit of a closer look. As I've called this passage so far this morning of going and teaching, etc., I've called it our mission. But the church does not and has not spoken of these verses in that particular language. This passage is not referred to as the great mission, but the great commission. Not the great solo mission or the great disciples mission or the great all souls mission. It is the great commission. The prefix C-O-M suggesting with, not only with each other, but with God. Telling others about Jesus and seeking to make baptized disciples is not something that any of us do on our own. Jesus even says in this passage that he is with us always, even unto the end of the world. Once again, God chooses to cooperate with human agency, but he does not leave it up to us. And we should not forget, just this past Sunday, the reminder that Pentecost actually occurred that all believers are now gifted with the Holy Spirit, should we choose to actually open that gift. As Father Yoder challenged us at the end of his sermon last week, what would it really look like if we prayed for that fiery comforter to truly come and be with us? But perhaps we're scared of that because God often asks us to do something out of our comfort zone, like talking to other people, about God. We would prefer to leave that gift perhaps on the shelf or in the church building or for the quote-unquote professionals, you know, those guys that are really good at that. But this is a mission, a commission for all of us, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is indeed in this sense truly the gift of the great comforter. In my evangelism class, Dr. Doug Cecil, who was my professor, clearly told us much to my relief, that the results of telling people about Jesus are not up to us. It's not up to me. My responsibility is simply to be faithful, to do what we're called to do, to teach or make disciples, as the text is often translated. The results of doing so are up to God. You nor I are able to convince anyone that they should be a Christian. Rather, it is God himself, the triune God, the grace of Jesus Christ, as we hear in Paul's letter conclusion this morning, the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Spirit, fellowship of the Spirit, the prompting of the Spirit that draws people to God. And yet we have this role As Paul says in Romans 10, 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? Amazingly and continually throughout history, God chooses to work in and through people for his purposes and for the spread of the gospel. But perhaps another source of confusion is what exactly the mission of the Great Commission really is. We hear first the phrase, go, as if it's a commandment, as if it's imploring all of us to be constantly on the move, constantly going to new places. 
but it's actually in Greek not a command at all. It's a type of verb that means continuing action. As you are going is the implication. As we're going through our daily lives, day by day, with whatever God has called us to do otherwise, as we do these things, then comes the word of command to teach, to make disciples. The Greek word here literally implies making someone to be a pupil of a teacher in hopes and expectation that they will then follow the teachings that are taught. This is the only command in this series of words to go and make disciples. As we're going, baptizing them and teaching them are things that happen along the way. The command is to make disciples. As people increase in their knowledge, they will hopefully become disciples, but it's up to you and to me, as we heard from Paul, to be those who maybe speak that word to them in ways that no one else can. There are certainly people in your life that you will speak to that I will probably never meet, and in my life that I speak to who perhaps you would never meet. We might be the only person in that person's life who has the chance to speak some truth about the love of God that we have received, the grace that we have been given, the forgiveness of our sins, the hope of eternal life, the complete and utter joy of being reconciled with God and not having to fear eternal judgment. That is our role, to be faithful. To be faithful as we're going to speak our experience, to bear our testimony of who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are. We're to do this in all nations, to all peoples, of all tribes, in every place. As we hear repeatedly in Paul, there is neither Jew nor Greek, free nor slave, male nor female, in the kingdom of God, because we all then share in one God, one faith, one baptism. Yes, that baptism, which unites us all, in which we all as Christians share, that baptism in which, as Jerome says, is done in the triune name so that the three who are one in divinity might also be one in giving of themselves to us. Baptism is the natural outflow and pattern of life for one who comes to believe in God the Father, in Christ the Son, having been drawn by the Spirit. And it is our hope for more to be baptized and to be doing that work as we make disciples. Lastly, this commission calls us to didactic teaching, teaching the commands of God. Striving to obey them. This is the long game that you and I continue to be on, regardless of how long we've been attending this parish or have been Christians ourselves. We're all still learning and working towards obedience. It's the ongoing part of the commission. So the challenge this morning is whether you would be a steward of this mission, the great commission that is given to all of us, we who are to steward it, to be butlers of it, if you will, It is our butlership in partnership with the Holy Ghost to tell our story of faith as we walk this journey with God, not of our own accord. And I did some research this week regarding statistics of Christianity and other faiths in Oklahoma. About six years ago, it was recorded that about one in five or perhaps one in four people that you meet aren't 
people that would describe themselves as Christian. And even of those that would describe themselves as Christian, about 20% of those rarely, if ever, attend a church. There's plenty of room for knowledge of Jesus to yet spread, even here in Oklahoma, which has perhaps the highest church attendance rate among all the states, if that survey is to be believed. But again, our job is not to worry about those numbers, but to be faithful, to listen for the prompting of the Spirit, to take up our rector's challenge, to invite God's presence into your life, to invite the Spirit, to unwrap that gift into your life, and to be willing to be used by God in partnership with Him and His mission. Are we willing, church, to be used in such a way to share our own story? May God give us the grace to do so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.